hardest thing about anything in business is not learning what to do, it's making it your own. If you don't have a way to predictively generate on-profile leads, you don't have a business, you're just getting lucky. And I don't know anybody out there who wants to get lucky when it comes to their money. Welcome to Be Bold Branding, where we discuss the power of differentiating yourself through your own unique story and standout personal brand. If you are a high ticket coach or expert, you're gonna to wanna to find a quiet corner and turn up the volume to this episode. Now, how can we be so confident about this? Well, because we're actually a client of our guest today, and he's worked with us to launch our profitable personal brand mastermind, which was a huge success. In fact, it's what he's known for, teaching experts to build, scale, and launch high ticket masterminds. If you've ever considered doing a mastermind, tune in, your man is Chris Williams from Group Coach Nation. Chris, welcome to Be Bold Branding. Oh my gosh, Sonia, Michael. That was one of the best introductions ever. You guys are so fun to hang out with. I think it's like hanging out with you guys on your show is just like an extension of hanging out with you guys in the, the, the mastermind you're in mind, but also we're in other masterminds together. Like we just cross paths all the time. It's so fun to see you guys. Yep, we sure do. And, uh, and I like it. We've learned a lot from you, I got to say. So... We like to get started on a personal note, right? Whenever we have guests on here, you know, it's about personal branding. So we want to know more about the guests that we're talking to. And of course, we do know you. We just got to get you to share it with our listeners, right? That we found some pretty interesting things about you. So we want our listeners to know, like, you're a crazy adventure type of guy, right? You don't do your average adventures, do you? No, it's funny you say that. I don't think of my fun lifestyle, like the things that we do as a family or on just my friends. I don't think of that as adventurous, I guess, because my personality just... I just want to try stuff, mm -hmm. but yeah, I think, I think it's, I guess most people would consider a little bit of interest. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we've got like shark diving, ice climbing, dog sledding across tundras, right? Running right. ultra marathons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> you know, I'm just going to pick one out of that list and let's just pass over the sharks cause they're fun and gorgeous. And you've seen it all in national geographic before we actually, by the way, on that one, we actually had a national geographic guide that does the guarding for the camera crews when they're filming sharks, because we're not in cages when we do this. So we had one of those guards come with us to keep sharks at bay in case there's an issue. He was freaking amazing. Talk about the the people you don't know who do this stuff all the time. <laughs> Why? This guy was like swimming around us constantly. Like he had a big like glass domed camera in his hand too. And he's like just gently nudging sharks away because they want to come in and see flex and see if they can get the uh the neurological response to see a fight flight you know kind of thing right what a guy like freaking stupid and the other person we went with she was a marine biologist who was studying makos we were out we were out looking at makos and so she had 15 years of just jumping in the water with makos and gorgeous creatures i said i wasn't going to talk about that one where i was going with this <laughs> the dog sledding so yeah uh, above up above the arctic circle sledding on dogs over these these just gorgeous open spaces those dogs on these dog sled teams are the coolest things ever they freaking have so much fun all day long they just they just live to run and they just get you just get so excited it, it's so fun to watch i'm a total dog person obviously and Really, really cool, sweet animals who just can't wait to go. They're just like 
please let's go. I just, yeah. <laughs> please let's go run in snow and ice. Yeah, we're dog lovers too, right? But I'm the more sensitive one. So I would look at it and say, oh my gosh, I think he's really tired. Maybe we should stop for a little while. <laughs> oh yeah, she would be the one running with the dog I to keep be. the dog from having to run. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, no, that's what he's made for, babe. There's a couple of documentaries that have frowned on, because I'm sure there are a couple of dog sled crews out there that aren't nice to their dogs, but there are ones that are really good that, that they're just so awesome. These dogs, like you let them off leash when you, you run for a couple of miles, we have GPSs on the sleds so you can tell like you want to keep them below a certain speed so they're not overheating. You let them off and they just go diving in the snow banks and tunnel around like gophers in the snow. <laughs> and they, they're just so freaking fun. It's really great. That is super cool. Listen, the sharks are too. It's on my list. I've swam with nerf sharks. I've swam with tiger sharks, but nothing bigger than dangerous wise. And of course, a nerf shark, as long as you don't get under them, you're fine, right? So they that's a different level, dude. That's like another, like, not so. your average adventure. <laughs> I'll tell you where to go. When we get offline, we'll, we'll talk about it. I'll tell you who to call and where to go. Some great spots out there. Sweet. I like it. All right. Well, listen, at what point in your life did you decide to go for those extreme adventures or have you always been that way since, you know, young elementary school, Chris, was he also that adventurous? I think maybe I was always that way. You don't think about when you're a kid, but I was always the kid who was out in the woods, building tree forts, building zip lines between trees in the woods to build, you know, things for my friends to zip and swing on. So I guess that was part of the personality set. But as you get older, you know how it is. And I guess we'll get here in this story too, but as you get older, you, you get out of school or you go start your career, whatever, you get super busy and life just kind of piles in around you and mm -hmm. you lose the freedom you had in pursuit of some dream of making another buck. And, mm -hmm. and so there was a time there really for about two decades where there just wasn't any space. And I was chasing I guess what I thought was the next thing to do in a career path, but I wasn't chasing who I was meant to be. And, mm -hmm. and then things, I, I, I kind of got rattled through that and it, it changed a lot of my perspective and I was willing to do whatever it took to ship that and actually get time back. Yeah. Again, to me, it was just another barometer of your intelligence level because you're a great deal younger than me, I think. And then you figured that out a little earlier. You know, I'm lagging behind a little bit on that. I've always been to the grind like all my life, but I'm reaching a point where I want to work a lot smarter and not harder, which is a lot of reason why we came to you. To save <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. So this is a great segue actually. So we know a little bit more about the crazy personal adventurous side of you, Chris. So let's talk about what made you focus on group coaching. Was there like a particular experience you had in the coaching world that pushed you in that direction? Yeah, there's two experiences. One, let's let's just go super personal before we get all businessy about this. So I grew up in a pretty tough space, a pretty tough home. And so when I was 27, I started like actually getting help. I was to a point of suicide and lots of anxiety and depression. The life had kind of completely collapsed in enough where I was broken enough to to just cry out for help and go get real good therapy. In that process one-on-one -on -one therapist, et cetera. But in that process, I eventually found my way into some more residential settings. And I realized in the settings, like, you know, how you're sitting there sometimes in any situation and you're like looking at what's going on around you and not really participating for a moment because your mind's drifting, whatever. So I'm in these groups and I'm like, oh my gosh, I think we're like in a week's time, we've covered what would have taken me a year with a one-on-one -on -one therapist. And as an entrepreneur, I'm sitting there thinking, 
what's going on? Is this just therapy or is this working in lots of other categories? And then I started doing some research when I kind of got back and was like, what is the deal with this group thing? Turns out as humans, we grow five times faster in group settings than we do in one-on-one settings. And I was running a one-on-one consulting agency at that point and, and burning lots of hours, making a ton of money, but burning lots of hours, right? Mm-hmm. And, and all of a sudden I was like, no way. That's why it worked for me in the therapy setting. And then I started paying attention to people on masterminds. I joined a really good mastermind and my first one was a lucky shot. I, I joined Russell Brunson's, one of his masterminds, and it was a really good group, 50 of us that we had qualified for income levels. It was like really well defined. We were in Boise, Idaho. And within about 45 minutes, I was telling people, here's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to scale my information business. And, they were, and I, was, I was trying to launch e-courses and e-books and all those things. And they're like, oh my gosh, well, how's your mastermind going? It's like, I don't have a mastermind. Like, what do you mean? Like this one? That's great. I've been here for 45 minutes. You're awesome. No, no. How's you got to have one? Like, really? Like, yeah, you got to start with a high ticket mastermind and confirm your market, what they want to buy and get paid to build everything at a high ticket level. That way you can say sustainable. And then it unlocks all the codes of everything your people ever want to buy downstream on the value ladder. Start with the top rung of the value ladder, which is a high ticket mastermind. Seven weeks later, I had a mastermind. They helped me so much. That That's how it began. Oh, wow. Yeah. And we can say from personal experience, okay, I opened this episode saying that we're a client of Chris's in full disclosure. That's exactly why he's on here, guys. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with full disclosure on this. Like we couldn't say enough nice things about it. We had been leaning that way because, you know, Michael and I are really working hard at going to like a three and a half day work week, right? And we were very honest with you about it coming in. It's like, this is what we want to do because we know we have something super valuable to offer. Now let's see if we can get each other, get more people into a group to support each other through that experience. Oh my God. I mean, I can't even say enough great things about it because we found what you found years ago. And first of all, we just want to say thank you for bringing that to our attention and helping us build that. Yeah. You know, anybody who's been following us for a long time, they realize we had a a very big corner of the real estate space uh, because I'm in the real estate business. But Tanya and I, all through those years, always kept asking each other, how can we bolster confidence levels with our clients, show them other examples of brands that work and why personal branding works so well? How can we do this? And we never could just make it work in our mind. Like we just couldn't. So we just kept on, you know, doing, building brands like we had always built brands. And then when we went through yours, our first mastermind was insane. Like it was, it was amazing. And I see exactly what you're talking about. Humans learning faster because it's not just me and Tanya, the experts, which we are telling one person. Now, all of a sudden you've got this panel of 12 people that are helping each other, taking our advice, hearing it in a certain way, expelling it in another way that the other person can hear probably better than we can at times. We have just enjoyed every second of first mastermind. Yeah. Because in the group is great. It's just really been good. Just to play on that, to applaud you guys, thank you for the kind words, but truly do work, get results. We say that all the time at Group Coach Nation. Y'all are doing the work. It is what it is. And everybody listening in, all you guys, just do the work. Like, do the work. Here's the the trick. You got to do the right work. And that's where, like, Tanya and Michael, like, actually help you do the right work. If you're figuring out branding, which is why you're watching this show, you're not watching it for me. You never heard of me before. You're watching it for, for these guys. Like, if you're figuring out branding, don't sit around watching YouTube videos trying to figure it out. Like, lean in. Drop them a line, ask them a question. They'll they'll help you. Like there's so many ways they can help you, but just ask them honest questions. 
that's how I learn and it's how all of us learn. And that's find your trusted person. And I think it's really cool because on shows like this, people who listen in regularly, like all of you right now, you're, you're trusting your host and it's hard. The hardest thing about anything in business is not learning what to do. It's making it your own. And the hardest thing about making your own is you don't know who to trust. And so trust the people, you know, and you know, these guys back to you guys being in our mastermind, Tanya, you were sitting in our pro group today because y'all are in our pro mastermind, which is awesome. And you heard people bringing up, like everybody was just sharing, here's where we are right now. Here's the code we're trying to crack. Anybody got any advice? I did hardly any of the talking. Right. You were advising other people in my mastermind. They're advising you and all around the circle. It's just the collective mind gets so much done mm -hmm. and so many angles of a problem solved. I just, I just love that. Love that. Oh, I do yeah. too. And, and you know, you see it all the time. And this is another, this is almost like a, um, it's, it's almost like a phenomenon, right? You would know it better than me, but we always talk about community. Like everybody in any internet space is talking about community tribe, which I don't really like, but it's, I understand it and I get it. All of this sphere of influence and everything, we already knew all of these things, right? Um, but once you do it, you really realize where that value is. We are all of us humans that love connectivity to other like-minded individuals and, and we're stronger together. And we've always known that it's an axiom, right? But it's amazing to see it in action. So yeah. it truly is. Yeah. I think your group is super cool too. I'm so excited for you guys. The hobby. Yeah, thank you. So let's just say somebody's sitting out there right now wondering, okay, would masterminds work for me? And like us, in the very beginning, I thought personal branding, how can you do personal branding with 10 people in a group? Well, <laughs> I can tell you it's super easy, very easy. Yeah. In fact, that person gets 10 times the value, right? They really, really do. Truthfully. So what would you say to that doubter out there that is wondering, okay, well, is that really right for me? Yeah. So again, my first exposure to this group thing was sitting in a residential therapy program. Okay. Talk about sharing personal crap and everybody's stories different. It doesn't get any worse than that. So right. if you can start there, you can start anywhere. Here's the thing, no matter what topic you're talking about, if it's a room full of entrepreneurs and let's say we're all trying to, let's do personal branding. We're all trying to figure out this personal branding thing. Is do I need a corporate brand or a personal brand? Well, somebody's going to freaking ask the question. Thank you. Yeah. Because I needed to answer that question. They're going to be like, okay, so does my logo really matter? I mean, how important are the colors? And how do I, I mean, where do I put this on social? And I don't know, like, I don't even know where to start. What's the research I should ask? All those questions you might know to ask right now, you might not know, but they're all the questions that are relevant. And when you're going one-on-one -on -one with a coach, it's a little hard to get there fast. When you're in a group, all of a sudden, literally 10 weeks of stuff just got crammed in your head in one day. And you don't have 10 weeks of homework. You have 10 weeks of clarity. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that is what moves the needle. You don't want to wait to get clarity. Get that now and then execute. Again, do work, get results. Just do the right work. Yeah. Oh, perfect. Perfect. That's a nugget, guys. <laughs> yep. You don't get 10 weeks of homework. You get 10 weeks of clarity. I couldn't have said it better. Yeah, for sure. How about you? Share a favorite story of how you helped a client who was struggling with their, say, their coaching program and yeah. So people typically join our masterminds to figure out how to get their coachable work scalable. So they're doing really high end done for you, or they're doing great coaching work. And they're just trying to figure out like, okay, I'm selling hours and trading that for money. And it, it gets to be a dead end street. Even if you charge a ton, it's still a dead end street eventually. Mm -hmm. So the big breakthroughs in our community really happen when all of a sudden a person realizes, oh my gosh, I just, I just am catching on 
to what my mastermind or group coaching offer could look like. Like it's a big struggle. It was for me too. Like what in the world did I teach? How many people would be in there? How many weeks is it going to be? How much do I charge? All that stuff kind of just falls away when everybody's in a group talking about all these different ways you can package a group and all the different ways you can help people that actually take you way less time than you're spending with one-on-one people. Even if it was just one-on-one person, you only had one person. It's so much easier to work with a group. And I love that, that aha moment. I, w- I was thinking of in, in one of our groups, Tanya, I'll just mention a, a first name, Sam. I just had an amazing breakthrough recently on just finding like, oh, I can shift my mastermind model from a very tactical to a very relational Q&A style mastermind instead of teaching her by step by step. Just show up and take these experts who are really high level experts in his world because he has a, an enormous agency already through this process of just answering their questions as an expert. Yeah. And, and now he's changing people's lives at a, at a level that he never would have before. Those breakthroughs not only increase profitability for us as the entrepreneurs, but they, they all of a sudden give our clients, our prospects, a chance to grow faster than they would have if we had just helped them one-on-one. I, I just mm-hmm. keep coming back to that because the best thing we can do for our clients is the best thing we can do for our clients. And in this case, that happens to be put them in a community and work with them together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true, true. And I think you find that you are surrounded in a sense by mentors that are actually rooting for you, helping you get through that, which brings us to the next question for you. Do you have a mentor, Chris? And if so, what would, what's the best advice that mentor ever gave you? Okay. Yes, I have a mentor. I typically have a mentor on, this is going to sound funny, but hey, I'm a, I'm a coaching guy. So I, I believe in this stuff. I typically have a, a somebody who's helping me and I'm always in a mastermind for business, something I'm trying to learn and figure out what's the next thing in our model. So yes, there's that one. I usually have a mentor for something relational, like we got five kids and Jill and I, both have, we have five kids together. So we have like lots of stuff going on. So I actually have a child psychologist that Jill and I go see, not our kids. We go see to say, here's what's going on with, with our kids or at home, whatever. What would what would you advise us as parents to be doing now, like coaches? I think we're one of the few parents who show up without their kids in his office because we just want to know, how do we do it right, you know? I, I don't want to find out I screwed up 20 years from now if I can help that. And then <laughs> I got love it. Years. <laughs> yep. and then I have a physical coach as well too, typically. Like somebody just helping me like, like what's the workout, diet, whatever regimen, you know, and typically that's in group setting for me as well. Like right now I'm in a physical group coaching program because groups work more fun. Best advice, easy. If you don't have a way to predictively generate on-profile leads, you don't have a business, you're just getting lucky. Mm -hmm. I'm going to try one more time. Coach told me that years ago. If you don't have a way to predictably generate on-profile leads, you don't have a business, you're just getting lucky. And I don't know anybody out there who wants to get lucky when it comes to their money. We want to have well, a that's powerful. That's I'll take luck, but I got to have the predictability first. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I'll um, take the luck as the icing on the cake. How about that? Well, it is. I mean, the luck is just when you're prepared, you Absolutely. meet the opportunity, right? And so you got to have, like you said, a predictability to it. And that's part of the reason, honestly, we love personal branding. It really right. brings it into focus. It did for me. All of our listeners heard a story a thousand times. 31 year entrepreneur. I worked three months out of high school for one guy, and then I worked for myself the whole time. I've been blessed. But I did not learn the principles that I really needed to scale any kind of business until I met Tanya and she taught me I needed a brand. And the minute that I got a brand dialed in, 
I can predict everything that we do. I can predict month over month. I don't care if the interest rates go up 3%. I don't care if they go up 100%. It doesn't matter to me. I know exactly what I'm doing every time. So yeah, you're right. You have to have that. And, and to our listeners, if you don't, you got to get a brand. And then when you do, you got to go see Chris. Yep, exactly. <laughs> All right. Brand thing, can I say one more thing, Tanya? Sure. Okay. This brand thing is super important, folks. It took me a long time to figure this out. But you're the, let's just say you're the Formula One race car driver, all right? Most of us are sitting around in our college Toyota Camry. That's what we're doing, right? And you might be a freaking amazing driver, but the world around you doesn't know it. And you think they do. And yes, you're getting some clients. You're picking up some Uber rides. Let's say you're, you're driving Uber in your Camry, right? You're getting some people jumping in there. But you want to make some money? Freaking put the Ferrari on Uber, and charge 10 times as much. It's the same driver. You're the same person. Mm -hmm. But the experience, that uh, that initial experience and the continued experience your client has with you, with your branding right, matters. And it's hard to see that sometimes. Because we're like, oh, I can't go get a lead and then charge my price and fulfill when we're thinking branding. But the way you get the lead, how easy that is, how much you can charge, and how quickly those people take your advice and do what you say to do is all connected to branding. Flip that switch on, get it done. Yeah, yep. Yeah, couldn't agree more. So true, yep. so true. Hey, I, I wanna jump back for a moment because you said one of your mentors was a child psychologist, and I love this. So let's ask this question. What's the best advice one of your kids ever gave you? Oh, wow. Okay, so um, occasionally, this is painful. Uh, we take our kids out to lunch. We do that a lot, but occasionally like, and ask them like, I don't know, recently we did this and asked them, okay, guys, like just open season, what's working, what's not got five of them sitting around. Some are in college, some are in high school. What's working, what's not like with us, not with each other, not with yourself. Don't take any blame right here. Like how can we do our job better? And we've like told them it's okay to do that. Like, like safe place here. And they'll say stuff like, well, dad, this is what I said in my head the last time. You're kind of intense. Like, <laughs> you think? Us dads usually are. <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? Yeah, you think? Exactly. <laughs> and, and I am. I mean, you, you hear what I do for fun. But, but they're like, yeah, and sometimes that feels pressury. Like, like, we're different personalities. We don't necessarily like it when you are like, it's three days into a vacation. You're like, come on, guys, let's go. It's 6 a.m. Let's go for a run on the beach. Let's go. Come on, just, just five miles real quick. Come on, everybody wake up. Like, <laughs> So it's just my those kind of moments have helped coach me as a parent. And I guess the takeaway I have for that is the psychologist telling Jill and I, like, look, don't try to be somebody in front of your kids. They know who you are. <laughs> yeah. And and they know your flaws. Just get it over with, get it out there and and deal with it. Because I want to raise good kids. And if the only lesson they get out of all that is when they grow up, they get to be honest and be open in front of their people then that's a good thing to pass on to. So that's, yeah, that's the takeaway. That's a good, that's a good takeaway. Sure that's is. Takeaway. Parenting or not, running a business, having employees, having other people on your team, that even all of that fits that same advice really and truly. You know, we, you, you gotta have space to be who you are. God made you that way. You know, I'll go run by myself on the beach. It's okay. Yeah. And then you just, yeah. now you just go run by yourself for a hundred miles or whatever it is you do in a day. <laughs> <laughs> now you have the reputation, Chris. Uh, well, <laughs> man, nobody keep it up with Chris, man. <laughs> nope. 
<laughs> you have to run circles. So you could run, if we were running together, you could run down the beach, back, down the beach. We could just talk every time we passed each other. I hey, God. Right? I'll <laughs> be right there with me. What are you talking about? Yeah. All right. We know some of the crazy stuff you do. Is there anything that people would be surprised to learn about you aside from what we already know? Oh, absolutely. I can juggle and ride a unicycle at the same time. That's that's Ow. killer skill set right there. Are we talking the three first time that's ever come on the podcast, by the way? So nice question. I did not know. <laughs> <laughs> are we talking three balls, four balls? How, what kind of juggling are you talking about? I'm, I'm a three, three guy. I, I can never been able to get to four. Yeah. Trust me, that's enough. And you're like, you know, that's, that's pretty enough. impressive. That's intense, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny you asked that. That's fucking my head. That's, that's the next thing popped in my head. That's pretty funny. Yeah. A unicycle yeah. and juggling. Who that might thought? win the award too for the best surprise to learn about you answer that we've ever had. So that's a, that's a good one, right? Very true. <laughs> for all you listening in, I don't ever if you're if you're on podcasts very often, you know people send questions back, hosting guests and questions back and forth. I literally never like never look at the questions the hosts send to me because I think this is way more fun. So whatever comes up is just top of head. Way more exciting. Unless it gets boring. So nice question. I agree a hundred percent. We sort of do it the same way. You know what I mean? Like we're an open book. If we stumble around a, on an answer or whatnot, it's perfectly fine. But then, you know, I like being surprised with it, you know? So here's another one. If our listeners had the freedom to visit anywhere in the world, what place would you recommend them to go and why? Okay. So it's a place I've already been to. Not, not, I get to pick one. Okay. I would definitely say the Alps. We visited a few years ago. Uh, right before the pandemic, actually, we visited Europe. We just spent kind of a month wandering, wandering through, and we were between like a full week in London and a full five or so days in in Rome. And we were just—I mean, you just beat after those kind of cities, you know? Right. So we went to this little town like two hours outside of Zurich. It was nowhere. You had to like ride a bike down to the bakery every day to get your fresh baked be- bread and your honey from the local place. And the fresh fruit. I mean, it was the pastries. It was so good. But the magic of it was, is it was nowhere. It was yeah. just the top of this hill in like a 300-year-old cabin. And these people had lived there since they, they like their family worked the land for the lords who used to live in the castle. Like, like they'd been there a long time. Yeah. And then we unplugged. And we've unplugged in a lot of places. But that one, it just felt so clean and fresh and simple it there was no resort you you literally had to make everything yourself it was just there was goats outside we just all we could do was go for hikes in the fields and pretend we were like the von trop family singer that come up it was fantastic so i would say go somewhere nowhere if the mountains are your thing awesome the beach your thing awesome don't pick a resort go somewhere that makes you just really stop and just walk outside yeah. I couldn't agree more. I'm an outside girl. I'd rather be outside. Winter is a killer on me because it's, you're, you find you're not outside as often just because it's too cold. But I, I love being outdoors and I'm more of a mountain girl than a beach girl. I've lived in both places, but I feel free in both places. Yeah. Same here. Yeah. It's, I think the surroundings, just the beauty of the surroundings, they take your breath away and they make you stop and take stock as you know, as the old folks used to say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and by the way, that travel tip, that is not a big money travel tip. You can travel to lots of remote places really inexpensively. For all of us, within within a half-day drive from everybody, there's a remote location that probably has a really inexpensive Airbnb. Do that if that's where you're at. If you're like, mm-hmm. hey, I got enough coin right now to drop a little money on a flight and cross the world, do that. 
but don't look for the five-star resort. I'm telling you, go find oh, yeah. a little Airbnb. It's got an amazing family and awesome reviews and stay there. It'll change your life. It yeah. really will. I, I'll double that. Yeah. I've traveled all over the place in Airbnbs, including in Japan, and it's been she an wrote a book at amazing experience. I actually, no the very first book I ever wrote, I had to get away to, for a while to write it. And so I stayed six days in an Airbnb in Mount Sterling, Kentucky. Tucked away, it was actually a garage apartment over the top of this gorgeous, gorgeous home. And uh, I stayed there for six days and got my book to about 80% complete. And it was just so peaceful, so peaceful. That's so, a good idea. Yeah, I, it, it's you, sometimes you just got to get away to get it done, right? Okay, Michael, let's just acknowledge the flex here. I, I don't know many people who can say, okay, so the first book I ever wrote, I and then fill in the story. Like, oh, <laughs> there's more? What? <laughs> yeah, it, I, you could call me crazy. <laughs> yeah, because it does take a sort of a crazy person to sit down and think, I'm going to write a book about something. <laughs> yeah. Shark diving is way safer, folks. I'm just thinking <laughs> I might agree with that, but I'm not fond of Makos. So, all right. So, Chris, gosh, we could stay on this with you all day. We adore you. We thank you so very much for all this blessings you brought into our lives. Sure. And so on the way out, just tell everybody else how they can learn about you or contact you. Yeah. So again, my name is Chris Williams and Group Coach Nation is our website. But right here on the screen, you can see leverage.groupcoachnation.com. So groupcoachnation.com is our website. Just put leverage and a dot in front of that. Google it. And that'll set you up with free training. We have some really good training. Anybody can do this. Yeah, we're going to grab your email address. You can decline if you want to. Come on. This is really good training. And here's our point here. We don't sell anything in that in that video set. You can call our team later if you want to. We just want you to understand, here's the foundations of actually building something highly profitable and scalable. And if that resonates with you, awesome. Find out more. If it doesn't, it's better to find that out on the first date than once you're engaged, right? So figure it out for yourself. Go to leverage.groupcoachnation.com. All right. Thank you, Chris. You guys are the best. Thank you, guys. Brought to you by BrandFace, the only comprehensive personal brand building system across the globe.